Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, you, uh, it's been a minute, and I'm sorry about that. Half on me, and uh, half on me. Anyway, dude, we're back. Can't half remember, and half. You can't know. Remember why I was like, "Yeah, I'm out." Oh no, yours was week. legit. We you were had, celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you had some travel, and then I had some travel, and all of that. And yeah, you know what? We're back, and uh, and I'm glad to be back. Also, people, I know you weren't listening, but uh, we just found out that one of Josh's favorite catchphrases is from a movie you may or may not know, uh, Cheech yeah. and Chong. Uh, and Josh, what's the phrase? Is that the name of yeah. the movie? Cheech yeah. and uh, Chong. I think there's like a bunch of them. Like one of them, one of them got real famous, whatever the first one was called. And then there's like a bunch of like Cheech and Chong go on whatever adventures. And good to see you, my man. Everywhere it was like with uh, marijuana. It was like uh, Pee Wee Herman. He had yeah, all his little adventures. Yeah. Probably around the same yeah, like, time, 1970. I think it was probably around the same time. The 90s. What, the 90s, what a, I think, was Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> What a different time in movies, you know, uh, like now it's just like all pretty much all superhero stuff. I feel like that maybe is uh, cooling down a little bit, but the last like five years, eight years, 10 years has been like constant superhero things. So maybe they'll bring, well, back- I was listening to a podcast uh, this morning and they, uh, uh, blockbusters are like every blockbuster they brought out other than Oppenheimer and Barbie this year has bombed. Yeah. Um, and it's this and they're kind of starting to realize it's original content. Like they want like audiences want original content again. Like stop with this shocker. Other, uh, shocker. Marvel I mean, whatever you look at it and, and stop milking all these things. Yeah, everything's a spin-off of something old or a comic mm-hmm. book brought to movie form, you know? So like yep. be original people. Come on. I know the actors and writers and not are just yet original again. in an existing yeah, not original in like an existing franchise either. Don't come up with like another Marvel no. character. Like get Dude, out of the think franchise. About, Figure out a new I mean, one. yeah, like Harry Potter didn't exist before Harry Potter books were just written. And then everybody was like, wow, these are really good. We should make these movies. But Harry but Potter's of the devil. So we're not, we're not um, right. promoting that here on right. this Jesus podcast. Cheech and John, on apply. the other hand, is quality. Not of the devil. I'm no. just kidding. I don't Je- even know. Jesus told know Paul, anything that comes from the ground that he creates, do not call unclean. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's right. But I can't say, I, I don't even know what's in the movies, man. I know a lot of pot and there are a couple stoners who have adventures. And they say cool beans a lot. They have which, a decent uh, amount of movies. They, yeah. Yeah, and, I had no idea. I say cool beans to like agree to things, and I had no idea where it came from. Um, and yeah, I quickly learned. it up while we uh, were with like. a quick Google. We were Chong, which talking. is funny because I don't think I've ever seen a Cheech and Chong movie. Like, no. A good portion of them came out were, before I was even born. It was so popular that cool beans just became a phrase people said. I remembered in like cartoons and things. And then I was telling you, like, you're the only person I know that says cool beans. Uh, <laughs> just like, it's good. I like it. It's good. You shouldn't stop saying cool beans. It's a great little catchphrase. 
Um, but I won't. It's anyway, a weird catchphrase because who wants to talk about beans? And yeah, if you're gonna have beans, cool beans are the worst kind of beans. Like who wants cold beans? <laughs> yeah, but beans that are cool up in smoke. You know, like like beans could be uh, beans could be cool. I don't know. Like I don't know, man. It's a good catchphrase. Um, <laughs> anyway, dude. I also um, learned Cheech and Chong are yeah Canadian. British really? Columbia. What? Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. That uh I did not see that coming. I wouldn't have guessed. Oh, Canadian. I lied. I'm sorry. Cheech is an American. Uh, Chong is a Canadian, but they founded okay. their group in Vancouver. 50-50. So, half yeah, and half. <sighs> yeah. I always knew Canadians. I liked Cheech more than Chong. That's why. <laughs> Just like Americans like better Canadians. than Canadians. Uh, in general, there's no Canadians I dislike. I just feel like since we're so close to Canada, there should be like a level of like, oh, Canadians. But there's really, there's really not. However, I think if you well, travel, they're not, Canada, a, they're not really like, a threat. No, that's the thing. Yeah, they're complimentary <laughs> to us. They're like our hat. They're like an accessory cousin. we wear. Um, Small yeah. cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. It's just no offense like, to you Canadians out there. No, but America could just be like, you're America now, Canada. And in Canada would just be like, all right there. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, the reality so, is this. Canadians know a lot more about America and American history than <laughs> Americans know anything about Canada other than hockey started there. <laughs> That'll tell you something. Unless you're really into the hockey scene – um, you're probably not focused very much on, on Canada. Um, that's, that's true. true. Even that's true. Yeah. Even, even then. then well, we've managed to offend one small, we've managed to offend one small country, uh, small in population, large in size, medium in heart, uh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Medium. Uh, if you listen, there was a and you're up video. Then, yeah. There was a video going around of I don't know where it was. I don't know if it, I I assume it wasn't in Canada. I assume it was in the U.S. But there was yeah. a Canadian hockey team in town. So the, typically, when that happens, they sing both anthems. And the right. girl that was singing "Oh Canada" forgot the words, so she just made them up as she went. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Like ah, nobody here cares, pretty and good. we're gonna try to beat this hockey team anyway. That's a funny like uh, you get, like there's like pans. Of the yeah. audience, and they're like people are cat, like they're like, uh, it sounds close, but I don't think that's right. Like they're having that look on their face. That's, uh, that's so good. Oh man, oh man, dude, that's a good now that it's been uh, a handful video. of weeks since yeah. we've been around. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, uh, what have we been doing, and what are we talking about today, my friend? Well, uh, we've been traveling, but that's not exactly what you mean. Uh, we have been working through for, I think we're on episode maybe six at this point, six of seven. We've been working through the I Am series and specifically like within the Bible and like the recorded teaching teachings of Jesus, everything that he said, I am, then fill in the blank. So um, we've been working through it and it's been it's been good. Sorry, it's been slow, people, but we covered I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the, sh the gate and the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. We had a lot of a lot of sheep talk for a minute there and a lot of 
agriculture type talk. But today we're in John 11, uh, and we're talking about when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, Josh, uh, I know the the text is kind of long. It runs um, John 11, kind of verse 17 through, really through 44. Um, I don't know if you want to like read an, an abridged version of that or what, but uh, I'll kick it your way and you can take us into it. I, I think we could probably like retell it in some ways. So this story yeah. uh, of John 11 is, is Jesus' friend Lazarus, uh, Lazarus, Lazarus uh, dies, mm-hmm. uh, but they send word that he is dying to come, you know, visit him um, before he dies. Uh, you know, they want Jesus. They know who Jesus is. They know the power that exists inside him. They know they could heal his their brother. Um, but there's a handful of things throughout the story that are kind of kind of interesting and weird that Jesus does in the mm-hmm. midst of it. But I think it helps us understand the way in which the position in which Jesus sits, like he doesn't, Mm -hmm. though he was fully human and he lived this life as we would live this life by the rules that we live this life. Um, Things like we all have a beginning, we all have an end, those, those types of rules. Um, He also was still God. Um, And though he in some ways denied his deity or at least the powers of his deity, um, to live this life fully, like he still viewed this life drastically different than we view this life uh, because he knew who his father was. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's important here. For example, um, they send word to Jesus that, that Lazarus is sick um, and they ask Jesus to come and, and heal him. Um, and it takes Jesus three days to arrive, not because he was far away. He wasn't. Um, it would have taken less than a day to get there, um, but because Jesus just lives on a much different timeline than we live on. And um, Jesus yeah. said, uh, said this statement. I'm trying to find it as I scan through this. Uh I don't know where it is, but essentially Jesus says like his, like this isn't going to end in death. Like Lazarus Mm -hmm. life is not going to end this way. Um, And then three days later, he finally shows up um, to the tomb. And at this point, Lazarus has taken his last breath. Um, And I think this is the part that kind of unpacks this understanding of, of how Jesus views his life, like life and death. um, Though we are very, very tied to it uh, as humans, right? We have a light, we have a beginning of our life. And if we die, that's it. That's done over with. Like there's no coming back from that, like last breath and and it's over. Um, But Jesus plays on a different timeline where he, you know, in this case, he does tell us that he's the resurrection and the life, like all that power resides in him because he is fully God um, that who lives and who dies. Like, yeah, that is at his at his hand. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying God's going around killing off people. If you have someone that you dearly love, you know, die, especially sudden or, or young, um, like life is still life and the enemy is still enemy and he's out there to kill, steal and destroy. And he does that well. Um, but God has given him the dominion of earth to do that thing, um, until he returns. Um, so there's that, that piece that's still at play, but in this case, like he's not limited by life. Right. Like he wasn't going to be limited Mm -hmm. in his own life. Right. When Jesus took his last breath on the cross, he wasn't limited by that. Um, And others, if he chooses to see it that way, wouldn't be limited by that either. Um, So when he says this statement, 
um, in the midst of this story is I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, this is verse 25, by the way, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do this. Um, do you believe this? And then they responded with, yes, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who has come into the world. And eventually in the midst of this story, he does call Lazarus out of the death or out of the grave. Three days later, you know, he comes back to life because that's the power that lives inside of him. Um, but the point he's trying to make is he's foreshadowing or foretelling um, what's about to happen um, when he goes to the cross and is resurrected from the dead, that now power yeah. um, now exists inside of us. Not in, not in the sense that we have the ability to raise people from the dead, though we can ask God to do it. Um, and you know, he's more than capable of, of pulling it off. Uh, he did it to himself once. Yeah. But it's it's more than that of like I now don't die right when I take my last breath. Sure, this life is over, but my next li- my next life begins immediately. And I know it sounds weird to say it that way, but like m- my eternal life um, is is then now in place because I'm a spiritual being. Um, even today, I'm a spiritual being. Um, and if I believe in Christ and I believe that He is the Son of God, that He did die and raise again, um, that I shall have life and have it to the full. Um, that life starts today and lasts an eternity. Um, well, it's that next life that I, that I, you know, end this one and begin that one immediately because that spiritual being continues on. Um, now we all have spiritual beings. They're all going to continue on somewhere. Um, it's either going to be separated from God in a place that we call hell or, you know, with God in, in eternity and in the goodness of who God is for, for the rest of, I don't know until he decides something else, I guess. I don't don't know. The eternity of, (laughs) I think of the, I think of Sandlot, think of Sandlot like forever which is hard for us to imagine because we live on a timeline um, right. and time will eventually stop at that point or at least not yeah. exist in the way that we understand it. Yeah. But yeah. That's uh that's our verse. Jesus said, yeah. I am the resurrection and the life, not in the resurrection or a part of the resurrection that he yeah. is the resurrection and he is the life. Yes. hundred so percent. And man, on? Let me, I'm going to read a few verses uh, that are just after that. So starting in verse 35, um, when Jesus goes to where they had laid Lazarus's body, uh, the shortest verse in the Bible, uh, John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. And then the Jews, some of the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some others said, could not he have he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more was deeply moved and came to the tomb. It was a cave with the stone laid across the entrance, and he said, Take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? They moved the stone. Um, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people who are standing, uh, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So I read all that to say, like our our key point is that Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And Josh, you were talking about how Jesus is God and man 
right? Fully God, fully man. And like, even that, that's real tricky and difficult to comprehend. And there's a lot of like theological stuff you can dive into if you're interested in that. This isn't like the perfect time for us. This We're not theologians, so we're not going to go real deep on that. Um, but I'm just saying it's tricky. But like God, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Um, and like, if you can put yourself in the the shoes of like somebody listening, somebody observing them walking him to the tomb where Lazarus was laid, um, somebody seeing him pray even is there like, couldn't you, couldn't he have like saved him from dying if he's opened the eyes of the blind, right? And then you see him weeping and you're like, well, he at least loved this guy, even though he didn't save him, right? Like he was a friend, he cared about him, like he's feeling... He's feeling things and maybe he feels bad, right? That he didn't save him. Like that might be some of the thoughts I'd have. Maybe he just feels really bad. He didn't get here. He took his time coming over, uh, you know, a couple miles across town to get to Lazarus's place. Anyway, man, um, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, to me, this is like, it's powerful because it's, it's the immediate fulfilling of, I am uh, like that he is uh, the resurrection and the life, right? Like they can see it in the moment and go, whoa, (laughs) like this is, this is not a normal day. This is not what happens. People don't get called out of the tomb after they've been in there for four days. Like Lazarus was definitely dead. (laughs) Now he's alive and walking around, you know, probably stinky. Uh, and all of that from being dead for four days, but he's walking around and, uh, man, I just, it's, it's powerful. Cause like we look at Jesus and we say, yeah, you are the resurrection and the life. You are like God, you are God incarnate. Uh, you are the son of God. And we look back on stories like this to like understand what that means. Right. Um, that he's over death even, Um, and, and we think about it in terms of like our eventual death and resurrection, but I just think it's really powerful that like a few sentences down after he had said those words to Mary and Martha, and after they had kind of confirmed, yes, we believe he'll rise again. He went and, and had a fully human experience, right. Of, of deep emotion and like grieving. And then, a not human experience at all of, of calling Lazarus straight out of the grave. Um, so I just think it's cool, man. Like Jesus's core teachings, every one of the I am statements we've talked about has like layers to it. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a casual, like, Hey, let me make everybody pull out your sermon notes. There's, there's seven points I'm going to make today that I want you to take home with you. It's not that like Jesus Jesus didn't teach that way. Like he, he taught in a way that people could understand in, in the moment. And then us like thousands of years later and all the people in between could look at and relate to in a, in a real deep level, even though we weren't standing there, you know? So I guess those are my first thoughts, man. Like he's an amazing, like most amazing teacher ever. And, and obviously God and man that, uh, that's why. <laughs> but anyway, you were going to say something, but that's my long-winded first thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. 
And but he always had like that point, right? Like he always knew what the point was, uh, regardless yeah. of what he was teaching on or what he was yeah. the point he was trying to get across. It was always the main point. It all led up mm-hmm. to his death and resurrection. I'm like yeah. that is the thing that changed the course of humanity. That's the thing that ushered the church into existence, right? We, we exist as Christians, totally. um, not because we have we have God's recorded word, um, though it's right. extremely helpful to have. Um, we're, we're Christians yeah. because of the death and resurrection of Lord Jesus. Um, like that, that is the foundation that shook everything um, that provided totally. a way back to God um, that we didn't have access to before. So it's always that message. And I think even with this, this story, like this is, you bring someone back from the dead and like, that's gonna, that's gonna spread. Right. He did, and he didn't deal. tell these, like he brought the, he brought the little girl back from the dead. Um, but mm-hmm. like he kind of covered it up. He was like, don't, don't yeah. tell anyone. She was just sleeping guys. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. fine because it wasn't, it wasn't the moment yet. Um, but now right. this is a place like this story's going to take off. Um, and not mm-hmm. only that for his own followers, like there's a level of faith that now is solidified uh, because they had it before yeah. you know, he arrived. Like, do you believe, you know, I am yeah. who I say I am. Do you believe I'm the Messiah? Yeah. And you know, Martha and Mary, we, we do. Uh, well, then watch what I can do. And regardless mm-hmm. of how they responded, I think Jesus would could would still would have went ahead and, and saved his his friend and brought him back to yep. life because he said he was going to do it, you know, uh, earlier on in the, the story or when he when he was first told that that Jesus or that Lazarus was was dying. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that was the course. But it always comes back to that point he was trying to make is like you need to know that I am like I'm the resurrection mm-hmm. of the life. Like I am I'm going to die and I'm going to re- you know come back from the mm-hmm. dead. This is gonna change, you know, humanity. Do you believe me? Do you believe that I am that Messiah? Do you believe that and it's the yeah. same question that gets posed to us today, right? Like you're not a believer. Uh, uh, or a Christian um, because you go to church. You're not a Christian because you believe that God exists. You're not a Christian because you try to live a moral life based off of scripture. None of those things make you a Christian. Um, Often those things are byproducts of you being a Christian. No, being a Christian, as Paul tells us, is you confess through the mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's God. He's in Mm -hmm. control. uh, And you believe in your heart that he died and rose again, right? That is is the power that exists. And um, I don't know, I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe, I just had this this epiphany of a moment of like, how often am I asking for the resurrection, the power that lived inside the resurrection, that resurrection power that Jesus mm. has, that he brought mm-hmm. himself back from the dead? How often am I asking for that to be present in our lives? Yeah. Like, how, how, mm-hmm. am I, how often am I praying those types of prayers uh, and asking God to do those big things? And oftentimes we don't because mm. I'm terrified if I got it wrong, right? Like, I don't want to look yeah. stupid. Um, but yeah. then you go back to, I just think back to... Um, Who's the prophet that took on Baal? Um, put the water around the the campfire. They all did their thing. Oh, um, oh gosh, which prophet was it? The dude who called down fire. This. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's going to hit both of us. Uh, hey, guys, I, I know we are this Jesus Life podcast, and we should know these things. Uh, took on Baal. At least I know how to spell Baal. Elijah. Uh, Elijah. Yes. But it's even... <laughs> Right, it's like those moments of of faith that raise like this is yeah. what God's going to do. Like I know God's going to do it, uh, and then like you stand up in front of all these in a competition of all places. Like you're mm-hmm. not just like saying God's going to do something. Like you're now in this place where you're competing no. against you're others. Straight up, and you like, know the others right don't have the same power. Happen. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's crazy. But like, that's the faith that God wants to see in his people. Um, like that's the faith that has the ability to transform your life, others' lives and the lives around you. Like before we got on here, we were talking about Andrew's job and part of Andrew's job is, is to help, you know, the, 
those in poverty, you know, find, find freedom and hope again. And we're just talking about a new strategy that that they're talking through, but it's that type believing of like what always has been doesn't have to continue to be because God is entering into the picture, right? Like it's that mindset. And, you know, we're, we're in a, a zip code in our, in this neighborhood where our church is located that like, it's, it's not bad. Like it's just low income. Um, and you know, lower middle class. Um, it's, there's not a ton of crime and those types of things, but there's people that probably believe that it's always going to be this way. They were born into this and that it's always going to be around like this. They're never going to be able to get out of this. And maybe they had hope at points throughout their life, but life beat them up enough that it just never, but when God enters into the picture, that that's the resurrection power showing up. And that resurrection power now lives inside of us as believers, as, as Christ followers. Like that's the piece that's like, that's the, that's the differing denominator that can dra- drastically transform a community, uh, a neighborhood and life. And that, that's our heart here at Hill City of, of what we're trying to be and who we're trying to be. And that's not how we started. We're going to be like any other church, trying to make disciples and mature disciples. And as you know, we've gone down this road, Jesus has done this work inside of us that, no, we're, we want the neighborhood church to come back. How do we actually genuinely love a neighborhood again? Not try to just gain people and grow a body, but like find the people within the neighborhood that you're a part of that, that don't have hope that need to experience Jesus, need to understand what the resurrection life really looks like, um, that power really looks like in their lives and not for their own sake, right? Like there's an element that they're going to be benefited from it. Don't get me wrong. Um, we all do in drastic ways because God is good, but um, it, it, it's more than that. It's like, what's the impact that now I can have on those that I come in contact with and those that yeah. I'm doing life with and um, you know, the people that I get to see day in and day out and how do I create environments where I can be in those places to get to know different people. Um, it's this, can we unleash the power that God has? Like we see it all throughout scripture. God has his power. We know the stories throughout church history. God has the power and he's more than happy to exercise it. But I think oftentimes we're not dreaming big enough. We're not asking for crazy enough things. And our God is so good and our God is so generous and our God is so extremely great in his power, in his understanding, in his mind. This is what Andrew's talking about earlier. Like he's the greatest teacher, but it's bigger than how he he sees things and and views things is so beyond us. And this is why it's so important that we walk and step with him because we're going to miss it. We're humans that don't think that strategically. Um, and he's right. at a work leading everybody to the same goal, right? In his life, it was the same purpose. It's the same purpose today. Lead people to the death and resurrection of Lord Jesus, right? Get people yep. to that place where they can fully understand and grasp it um, and change their life based off of it. Or Jesus changed their life based off those truths as we fight the lies. Yeah, man. But I think there's that piece too that we just, we're just not dreaming enough. Yeah, that's true. That's totally true. And uh, man, it's convicting. Like I, uh, I was praying yesterday really intentionally about like some circumstances in a friend's life and, and also candidly about um, uh, the war between Israel and Gaza and just like all the pain and suffering happening in people's lives Um, and like asking God to intervene in, in my one friend's life, you know, in a, in a really tangible and timely way. You know, like, please show up, God, like teach this person how deeply they're loved by you, by others, how, how much care you have for them, like protect them, all this stuff. And then also praying like over, uh, over like Israel and Gaza, like God, bring this war to a close, like protect these people, you know, and, uh, and I'm not trying to get political about that. Just saying like, 
there's a, there's a lot of messed up stuff that's happening and, uh, and we can have a front row seat to it if we want to by simply reading the news and, uh, stuff was really on my heart yesterday. And, and I was convicted when you were talking about like, man, how much are we praying like the, the literal resurrection power over circumstances, you know? And it's, uh, it's kind of easy to forget, even though it shouldn't be easy to forget. It's like the, the central thing that makes Christianity different. And like you said, Josh, it's like, if you're a believer, you believe Jesus died and rose again from the grave, like not on accident, you know, and not in the way, not in the way Lazarus did, not in the way that little girl did, but like Jesus progressively, he did healings a few times where he brought people back from life. Lazarus, this one we just read through, was the most public of them up until he proved like, no, no, I'm truly like over death and life. I am, you know, not just of other people's death and other people's life, even my own, you know, and and that was the central mm-hmm. like turning point in, in human history of like, whoa, <laughs> this guy is not a magician. He's not a miracle worker either. Like C.S. Lewis said, uh, you can, you can believe that either Jesus was a liar um, you can believe that he was uh, a false prophet, or you can believe that he was the son of God. But like, I forget the exact options. But basically, like, pick one because you only have a few options of what you can believe about Jesus. You know, um, and I believe he was the son of God. And uh, and that's like that's the God we follow, right? Like the the early church was called the way. And it was like before they were called Christians, it was because they were practicing, like trying to walk in the way that Jesus walked and lived in the way that Jesus lived and taught in the way that Jesus taught. Cause they're like, this was, this, this is the son of God. This is God incarnate. Um, so that we can understand God at a way, way deeper and more personal level than we ever could before. Um, right. And like I was saying with the the teacher thing, like I, I was just bringing that up because like, man, the, the, all the stuff he taught held true in the moment and holds just as true now. And, uh, and that's pretty amazing. And like seeing it with that kind of lens of like this, ha- the, the healing of the little girl happened when she had died. And like you said, he kind of like hushed it up. Like, no, like she was just sleeping, you know, and maybe to Jesus and, and to God, death is just sleeping. Because he didn't lie um, ever, you know. We believe he was sinless, so maybe that's just how God views uh, death, or maybe that's how it translates. I don't know. Then he heals Lazarus in this public way, and then like he goes to the cross, and yet again, Mary and Martha are there. Like, what is up? You know, like we put all our faith in this guy, and it, and now he's dead on the cross. What just happened? And uh, and. Yet again, three days later, they're the first people he appears to. And uh, it was true then, right? But then they immediately spread it to other people. And and we're here having this conversation today because of those same events and because of the God we get to serve and follow. Um, Hey, man, I got to take a 30-second break. I will be back, but I'm going to hop on mute. Maybe you could share any additional thoughts you had. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, I think God's doing a work right now amongst his people. 
amongst those that call him Lord, amongst those that believe he died and rose again. Um, and, and maybe, shoot, maybe it's we're close to the end times and he's about to exercise some power. Uh, who knows? But um, like, I think there's a work being done right now that the church isn't being the church as we're supposed to be is kind of the conviction. Like we're doing a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong, but um, we're missing the big things. We're missing that the the core things of are we really leaning into Jesus being fully God? Are we really leaning into that power and watching it be on display? Are we really believing God for the big, crazy, audacious dreams? Because that's what He's capable of doing, and more than um, and more than willing to do. Um, if his people would just ask. I just think of there's a song back in the day, and I think it quotes Isaiah or the Psalms, I can't remember. But it's like, if my people would just pray, like, you want to see something happen, just start praying and asking for these things to happen. And that's one of the convictions our, our leadership team recently had was um, during uh, last week, or it was our anniversary week, so we're celebrating with a variety of different things. And um, the two big elements are we wanted to connect with God during that week and thank him for what he has done. And we want to connect with our community, you know, love God, love people. And on Friday night, we were just praying as a community um, in, in big ways, in little ways, in personal ways, in, in, grandi- in grandiose ways, uh, and, and everything in between. And in those moments, we're just reminded of how important it is. Like, we're not praying enough as a community. Like, we pray throughout our services, and, you know, we pray as, as our, our community groups gather and, and those types of things. But, like, are we, are we really believing that God— it is the answer to so many things. Are we really believing that this resurrection power can be on display? Are we really believing um, that God loves and cares for for the people that we're coming in contact with and he loves and cares for you? Are we really believing these things to be true? And I think oftentimes we've convinced ourselves or believed the lies and, and gotten away from the, the truth, which is, yes, he does. He does love you. He does care for you. He cares for his, his, his creation, the humanity that, that he built. Um, he cares deeply for them so much so that he, he was willing to die for them. Um, like that, that's a huge message. Like that's, there's power in that. Um, you know, even it's as simple as this, like, and I think it's silly at times that we ask for these things, but you know, I was, you know, this last Sunday was our anniversary weekend. And, um, I usually stand out front greeting people as they're coming in. And, um, there's a family that I haven't seen in a little while. And, um, in that moment, I just, you know, we're, we're like service has already started and I'm standing there. Um, and I just pray this prayer of like, God, allow this family to show up today. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see them and I'd love them to celebrate with us in this way. And, uh, yeah. I know. And even in the prayer, I was like, God, I know that like this would have happened 40 minutes ago that they made the decision to come. So like retroactively work in this prayer. Um, and my God is bigger than time. He's outside of time, right? He's as present today as he is at the moment of, of the resurrection. Um, and how does that work? I don't know. Don't understand it. It's well beyond my, my comprehension and humanity's comprehension. Um, but like, he did it. And then no joke within a minute, they pull into the parking lot and you're like, Oh, okay. God, um, because he's good and he's gracious and he, you know, it, it matters and, um, people matter and he wants to see these types of things happen in the lives of others. So don't dream, don't dream stupid little dreams. Don't dreams. What, what could benefit you dream bigger dreams, yeah. dream dreams that can mm-hmm. change your city and your neighborhood. And even if they're audacious and crazy and huge, and I have plenty of those dreams in my life right now, um, that mm-hmm. I'm asking God for. And, and trying to take steps towards, but in the midst of those things, like 
see what God does, right? See what, yeah. what like, let him, let him exercise his muscles a little bit. Like there's yeah. nothing we can ask him that he's going to sweat on, right? Like, and the reality is even if we're chasing big audacious things, um, like he could tell us no or redirect us, or that was the first stream that jumped off to the next stream that jumped off to the next stream that, that God actually wanted to fulfill and move. Like, you know, I often think that, um, um, Someone asked me, we had a conversation a while back with, with an individual part of our community. And they're like, I feel like I have these two different dreams that God has hmm. given me or uh, two different dreams, but I don't know if God is in these dreams. Um, like, what if I choose the wrong one? And just yeah. the realization for me in the moment with like, how small is your God? They, hmm. That if you chose the wrong decision, and we're not talking about sin here. Um, we're just talking yeah. about big, dreaming big things for what God can do in the lives of, of ourselves and others. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, you're like, your God is so small that if you make the wrong decision this moment, he's out? Like, no. Like, God's bigger than that. He's, he's grander than that. He's, he's more complex and capable than that. Like, us making a wrong decision, like, God's not, not thrown off by that. Um, he's not going to be like, oh, there goes your chance. You have lost it all. Like, he's, that's not who he is. That's not how he cares. That's not how he intervenes in humanity. Um, like, God is much bigger than those things. And even with, you know, Hill City, you know, we have a physical location. We pay rent on this location. It's our biggest expense. And, and at certain months throughout the beginning of Hill City, they're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make rent. Uh, and that question comes into mind was like, was this the right decision? God, like, do we make the right decision to be in this building? In all honesty, looking back, no, it was a poor decision. If a church planner comes to me and says, hey, we want to plant a church, do not get into a physical location. Um, not right away unless you have the certain the certain buffer of zone in your finances that you can handle it um, because you're going to create unnecessary stress. You just don't need to create and that's unnecessary overhead that you don't need to create. Um, but we made the decision and I firmly believe it was the wrong decision, but here's the beauty. Didn't, didn't throw God off. God wasn't shocked by it. God had been like, Oh, you made the wrong decision. There goes Hill city. The dream of Hill city is dead. We're moving on. Um, but no, like he wants us in this neighborhood. There's a reason he wants us in this neighborhood. Um, there's a reason it all played out in this way. And God was bigger to make it all happen. And we make our bills every month. We have generous givers inside and outside our community that, that help us you know, in that way that weren't there um, when we started. And, you know, we made these decisions, but God provided um, because he's, he's caring, he's loving, he's, he's good and he's great and he's generous. And I think oftentimes we think that there's just one path and that's the only path that works when it comes to sin. Sure. There's one path. Um, but outside of that, um, like God is more than capable. He, he can take you the ebbs and flows. He, he, he's in the midst of, it. as long as you continue seeking him throughout it, like he's not determined by the such little things, just like with Lazarus, right? Like he wasn't determined by time. He wasn't determined by Lazarus taking his last breath. He knew how this story was going to end because that's the power, the resurrection and the life that exists inside of him. And I think that's the good reminder of, of, of what's going on. Oh, I think Andrew ran away from me again.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would, and I would say this. This is going to build off of of what Andrew said. But um, once you've done that, you've you've looked for the death of your life in your life, and asked Jesus to resurrect and deal with and heal and restore and all those things and bring forgiveness, most importantly, uh, into those places. Um, start looking at how God has gifted you, like. Who you're created in a certain way. When you came to know Jesus, the Spirit intervened into your life and, and came into your life. And as he did that, he brought spiritual gifts alongside of that, you know, things that are beyond your comprehension. For example, one of my spiritual gifts is discernment. I have the ability to look at situations and see truth um, when when truth isn't presenting itself or, you know, say something that, that's going to pick uh, the right spot for somebody to take that next step. Um, don't know where it comes from. Not saying it's anything special. My, there's plenty of people that have these gifts, um, but when you have that gift, where does it go next? Right, like if you were to use that gift, what would that look like? Um, and then when you get to that place, I would say go five places more deep. If this could get bigger in scale, um, how would I use the gift in that way? Um, if um, I could impact more people, how would the gift be used in that way? Um, if I could impact the people in front of me that I'm already in community with in a deeper and more meaningful way, how, what would that look like? Um, how could I love God and love people with these gifts in a more uh, effective and more um, uh, large way um, and, and get bigger and bigger to the place where you get to this place where you can't do it on your own. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. I wouldn't even know how to tell you how to, or not, not how to do something. I, I wouldn't even know how to um, uh, like, what even direction do you move into? Get? Once you get to that place, then you start praying that prayer. And I think this is that place where the resurrection power can start being on display. And we just had some people with faith that really believe that God is God and that Jesus was God, that, that believes that the power that existed to bring him back from the dead still exists and now resides inside of us. We really believe these things to be true, that he, he is a loving God. He is a caring God. He's a generous God. He's a great and powerful God. And he's a glorious God. We really believe these things to be to be true. We really believe that, uh, the gospel, um, is a, is true and has a drastic impact, not just on our salvation, but our daily lives and how we live it. Uh, we really start to believe this. You're going to, we're going to unleash a, an army. And I know that, you know, people don't like when we talk about armies in the church, they're like, Oh, whatever. Um, but like, that's a movement that cannot be stopped, right? That That's a movement that's going to make a difference. And I'm going to argue that the difference is good for humanity. Um, that, that we're going to do good in our cities, that we're going to do good in our states and our nations. We're going to do good around the world because that's what Christians stand for. We just stand for what is good. Now, there's going to be people that push, push against it. There's an evil in the world that still exists. Sin does not like to be eradicated. Sin does not like uh, to give up ground. The enemy does not like to give up ground. Um, we are selfish people, like to live our lives the way that we want to live it. Like you're going to get pushed back. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you're going to make an impact with those that are open to hearing the message. You're you're going to make an impact with those that are open um, to, to seeing Jesus as he really is, um, seeing his death and his resurrection. Um, just because there's a group of people that said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live in a faith, a faith that believes that the resurrection power is legitimate and true. Um, and I, I think we could start something. I think, I think God is already starting something. Those conversations are happening, um, all, all around the, the nation right now and in different circles that I've, I've come in and out of, um, like these conversations are happening. God's up to something and you'd hate to be, you know, on the other side of this where God's doing 
you know, big things and you had an opportunity to get in on the start. So walk with that, walk with that faith, dream bigger dreams, um, look for ways in which God can, can bring restoration in your life. Um, and more importantly, in the lives of those around you. Um, I am the resurrection and the life is what Jesus said. Um, next week, we're going to cover the last I am statement. We're going to talk about Jesus being the true vine. If you haven't read John 15, take a listen to it before the podcast comes out because there's a good chance we're not going to be able to read the whole thing. Um, but it's pack full of goodness. It is pack full of how God works. It is pack full of how we stay connected to God. Um, in the midst of doing great things and big things for God, um, in this life at least. But Andrew, my buddy, my friend, as always, it's good to see you. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us. And we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.